Hello, and welcome to the INTP Musings Podcast. Today I want to talk about how the same thing from different perspectives might as well be an entirely different thing. Because the experience of it is completely different, and we are experiential beings. And, like, so, for example, watching something as opposed to being involved in it is completely different. Like, for example, uh, watching people do jujitsu can seem pedestrian. Uh, it can seem maybe even boring to some people, unless you've done it before. Um, then you know it is extremely exhausting, complicated, and difficult. Um, and if you're watching two people do jujitsu, maybe one person is dominating or doing much better than the other person. So even within that experience of the jujitsu happening, being the one who's winning as opposed to the one who's losing is a completely different experience. And being the person who's watching is entirely different. Um, so, but it's all, it's all the same thing, but it's viewed from a different perspective. And then if you've done jujitsu, you also know that sparring is a different experience than competing. Um, another example is like driving your car. Driving your car is so familiar and you might think you're so well acquainted with your car, but then one day you ride along in the backseat of your car and the experience of it is so different that you might as well be in a different car. Like normally you're in the driver's seat, you're looking forward most of the time for survival reasons. Um, but here in the back, forward is boring. You don't need to look forward. It's If you're in the back, the forward is just a seat in front of you. Uh, so you look to the side and you see the city pass you by. And that's completely different, watching things go by you sideways uh, as opposed to looking forward at the road. It's completely different. And then imagine now you're drunk. You're drunk and you're sitting in the backseat of your own car. That's a completely different experience. But technically, you've driven down the same roads all the time in this car. It's technically basically the same experience. It's the same thing, sorry. But the experience is completely different. Um, yeah, and you'll probably notice things like in your own neighborhood that you've never even uh, noticed before because you were too busy having your eyes on the road. You'll say, Oh wow, that's, that's cool. That's different. I never noticed that. And then, um, so yeah. And speaking of roads, like the same location in the world can be completely different depending on the mode of transportation you go, you use to go by it. Uh, like driving, cycling, and walking are three completely different modes of transportations. If you walk on a road that you normally drive on, you'll notice things that you've never noticed while driving. Oh wow, the concrete of the sidewalk stops and becomes dirt for a few meters and then becomes concrete again. I had no idea. That's an interesting little building. What's in there? Oh wow, there's a small restaurant here? I had no idea. You might think you're familiar with something because you've experienced it a million times, but if the million and first time is from a different perspective, it will feel like you've never experienced it before. So, yeah, so it's it's crazy. And, and it gets even crazier because if, if you take a break from your daily routines for a vacation or something, and then you come back to your routine, you'll perceive the routine differently from a fresher perspective. 
even though you're doing exactly the same things, you have changed from your vacation. So you have the thing, you have the way that you do and or approach the thing, and you have you, have you as an individual interacting with that thing. And all of these variables affect the experience. So let's repeat it again. You have the thing itself, the way you do slash approach that thing, <coughs> and you have you as an individual interacting with that thing in that way, in a particular way. Uh, so the possibilities for life uh, are the product of at least three different infinities, because each of these things are infinite. Uh, yeah, there are an infinite number of things to interact with. There are an infinite number of ways to interact with those things and an infinite number of states for you as an individual to be in when interacting with those things. So therefore, I conclude it's impossible to get bored and easy. Easy. It's easy to get overwhelmed if you're a person who wants to be thorough and make sure you've done it all. Um, it's impossible to do it all. You can't do it all. It's infinite. Even if you never leave your hometown, it's infinite, the number of things you can experience. If, if even if you never leave a small town in your entire life, uh, staying in your hometown is like the thing itself never changing. So I said there's three things. There's the thing, there's the way you interact with the thing, and then there's you in your state of con your particular state of consciousness interacting with that thing. So you might like so at in the hometown example never leaving it's like the thing never changes but you can you still have the freedom to change yourself and how you interact with that thing. So you have two variables you can still change. Um, the only way to be truly constrained and without freedom is if you never change the things you interact with. You never change yourself, and you never change the way you interact with those things. And that is a boring, overly conservative approach to life. So, yeah. So, you can always, always experience variety. You just have to just approach something differently or change yourself. I guess maybe I should think of another example. Like, hmm... Let's see. Let me think of one. Driving to work. Let's say you drive to work every day and you never pay attention to the road. and You just do the same exact thing over and over and over and over. Maybe the next day what you can do is name every single road you drive by, you cross by, and try and memorize those roads, those names. That's one way of changing the approach. Another way is to change yourself and your state of consciousness before you go do the. So then you do the exact same drive. You don't change anything, but you change yourself. So maybe you do um, some really intense yoga before your drive to work, and then you'll notice you feel you feel completely different during that experience because you've changed your inner state. Um, another thing is you could change the thing instead of driving the same way to work, you can drive a different way to work. Um, and this might seem like obvious and stupid, but like you have to actually try it yourself. Um, like give this a shot, like give it a shot and try and experience the same thing in a different way. And you'll notice that it's, it's quite varied. It's quite varied indeed. Like you'll slowly start to realize the possibilities are endless. 
even if you constrain, so let's reiterate on the three variables. One is the things you're engaging with. Two is the way you engage in those things. And three is you yourself and your state of being while you're engaging in those things. Um, even if you constrain the first two variables, if you do all the same things your entire life and you do them in the exact same way, you can still change the third variable and get infinite variety. Like <coughs> changing one's inter inner state can be done with inner work, like yogic work in particular, like hatha yoga or breath work, pranayama or meditation or intense exercise or, or any sort of thing that, that cracks open the egg of how you perceive the world and how you, yeah, any sort of altered state that changes the way you view reality. And like, just changing that will change your life, even if you never do anything else differently ever again. Um, now let's say you don't want to do that. Well, you can always change the second variable. Interact with these things differently. Do Next time you engage in that mundane activity, approach it in a different way. Um, next time you're packing boxes, just pretend it's a game and give yourself points for every object you add to the box. <coughs> next time you're washing dishes, pretend it's a game and give yourself points for every dish you wash. Um, gamifying things is, is one way of interacting with things differently, but there are other ways. Um, how, how else can you, let's see, what other things do people not like doing? Um, <clears throat> hmm. even like, if, if like, if you, I don't have kids, but if you have kids, like you can even gamify disciplining your kids, like you can gamify good behavior for them by telling them they get points every time they do something good. Or if you have a little extra money, like, like some people, some people are really strongly against allowance for children. And then other people are, there are two types of people who are against allowance that say, no, 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 I'm not giving my kid money. That's when they grow up, they can make money. And then there's other people who, who say, well, I love my children. I will just give them money for free. They just deserve money so they can do things. But the way I view it is like to understand the value of money, they have to understand that it's connected to good behavior and you place value on little actions throughout the house that they do. And if they do this thing, like if you clean the kitchen when it's dirty, you get this amount of money. If you do this, you get this amount of money and you're cleaning your room. You don't get any money but we assume that you're going to keep your room clean. And if your room's not clean, you're not going to get any money for anything. And like, you basically set all these rules and it, but you also kind of make it into a game. It's the game of earning money. And that's, that's different than just telling your kid, getting mad at your kid because they didn't help her out around the house. And you say, I'm not going to bribe my kid with money. I'm like, why not? Like all, all of our capitalistic society is basically a game of bribing people to do things with money. And if you teach them that early on, then they're going to get well along in society. So being against that is really kind of being against reality as it's currently structured. And to 
to not introduce that to your kids. You're kind of deluding yourself in, in, to, and you're deluding yourself about the nature of the world it is that you live in that they're going to ultimately be entering. Like, if you, if you, if you gamify doing good things as opposed to bad things and incentivizing good things with capital, then they'll understand that they'll have that idea in their head when they leave out in the world that, oh, good behavior leads to money. And, oh, I can do this and I can get, and then they'll learn that certain things pay more than others because certain things are more difficult. And that's, that's like a really, really good way to prepare them for the world we live in, honestly. Um, but anyway, that's, that's okay. I'm kind of going off, off the rails a little bit. Let's get back to where we started where, yeah, different things from different perspectives. Sorry. The same thing from different perspectives might as well be a different thing entirely. And uh, I, I really believe that. And I've experienced it myself. So I'm, I've known this since I was a kid and I tell people this to this day and I still believe it. I tell people I've never been bored, bored a day in my life. Um, I can never run out of things to do and things to experience. And if, if anything, I'm a person who gets overwhelmed because I want to thoroughly explore everything and I want to take it all in but I know that that's impossible because it's infinite. So for me, like world, even if I lived in a small town, which I have before, um, the world is overwhelming because I know how many possibilities there are out there. And I know I have to limit myself into what I can carve out and experience for myself. Um, so I tell people I've never been bored. And if you are getting bored, then you have some kind of, ignorance in terms of like the nature of reality and like what sorts of things can be experienced by a person. Even if you were trapped in a room your entire life and given food and water and the room was like a good temperature, like a big room, not, I'm not talking about like a tiny little cage. I'm talking about like a master bedroom sized room. If you were given a room and even like if you were given a room and five books, you could read those five books a million times and see them from different perspectives every time because one book would inform the other, would inform the other. And each time you read them, you would appreciate them newly and newly again. And you could, you could do yoga in that room. You could meditate in that room. You could explore the entire universe inside of your tiny, not tiny, but your master bedroom sized room. So like, and I know I wouldn't get bored like that. So the whole thing is just that, yeah, that things are infinite. Like even the smallest thing is infinite and it doesn't matter if you have the entire world to explore, you have the freedom to go all the way to India, all the way to Thailand, all the way to wherever, even if you can go all the way to Mars, like that's great, but you would still have like, given how short your lifespan is, the infinite amount of possibilities it doesn't, and the infinite number of possibilities, it doesn't really matter if you're trapped in a bedroom your whole life or if you have the entire world as your oyster because you can still experience infinity and you can still not run out of things to do. And 
When you think of it that way and you realize that these three variables each have an infinite space of possibilities, then you'll never get bored again. Um, and yeah, and, and yeah, so that's my experience. And I, I just try to communicate that to people, but it's, it's hard because a lot people put a lot of value on like what they did. Like I did, I went here and I did this thing. I went here and I engaged these people. I told that joke to that person and he laughed really loud. I had sex with this person. I did this. I did that. I, you know what I mean? But <coughs> that's not, <clears throat> that's not the only source of value. And that's not the only source of experience is what's out there in the world. What's inside is just as valuable. And I, I think being an INTP helps a lot because as an INTP, um, you can really like just focus in on one small thing in front of you and really deconstruct that thing and not get bored by it and understand it more and more as the years go by. So being an INTP actually helps you err on the side of never getting bored. Um, so for me, it, like it's hard to understand other people who say that, oh, I'm bored today. Oh, I, and I'm just like, really, you're bored? I'm overwhelmed because I can't decide what I want to focus on. Like, I can't decide what I want to understand today. And like, and that's the wisdom of the INTP is that we can, we can illuminate every little corner of and show how infinite it truly is. You see this little thing that you thought was stupid and boring? It actually has all this going on behind the scenes. And wow, isn't that amazing? Wow, I've been at my desk and it doesn't look like I've been doing anything, but I've been exploring the universe on my computer. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, this, the way we suffer as INTPs are completely different than the way other people in the world suffer. We suffer, at least me, as an INTP, I suffer from just being so overwhelmed by how much I could do and how much I could know and understand and what practically I actually can engage in in my short, limited lifetime. Other people suffer from the opposite. Whoa. Other people are like, oh, I'm just trapped in my hometown and I can't do anything. I just can't, there's nothing I can do. I don't have any freedom. I don't have any ability to go and uh, have all these experiences. So like for them, they're bored by their, the lack of possibilities, but we're as INTPs overwhelmed by the sheer volume of possibilities. And we have to know, learn how to like narrow it down and filter it down and pick the relevant stuff as opposed to just looking at it all and oh, I don't know, I guess I'll look at this today and this tomorrow and this the next day and like jumping from here to there and seeing a bunch of different amazing cross sections of infinity. Um, we have to learn how to narrow down and filter it down into something relevant. And then the other people, their, their issue is they don't see how big the world is. They just see how small the cage they're trapped in is and oh, I can't go anywhere and do anything. And if we could meet in the middle we could show them how infinite everything is and they could show us maybe you should go down this path because it's going to lead you 
there and that's a nice place to be instead of us just being overwhelmed oh uh, i guess this today and this tomorrow and um so yeah that's the difference like having a narrower view can be valuable in terms of finding a good trajectory to go down but having a wider view like we have can be good because it makes you feel like more things are possible um but yeah the whole point of this episode is to say that there is a wide view to be had and the the possibilities are endless no matter how narrow your circumstances seem and the same experience from different perspectives might as well be an entirely different experience and that's all i have to say about that so i'll talk to you all later 